Hello, and welcome to this bonus edition of Doatan. I'm Oliver Slow. On August 27, the United Nations fact-finding mission on Myanmar announced their initial findings. The commission was tasked with investigating alleged human rights abuses by the military in Myanmar with a focus on Rakhine. The findings said that senior members of the military, including Commander-in-Chief Senior General Min Aung Lai, should be investigated for genocide following last year's military crackdown in Rakhine State, which saw an estimated 700,000 mainly Rohingya flee over the border into Bangladesh. The mission also said that crimes against humanity and war crimes were committed by the Tatmadaw in Rakhine State, as well as in Kachin and Shan States. Fact-finding mission chairman Marzuki Darazman spoke to Doatan about the mission's findings ahead of its final submission of the report, which will take place on September 18. Here's the full story. What were some of the most important findings from your mission report? Simply put, uh, the three most, uh, the, the gravest uh, crimes in the international law, uh, this relates to genocide, crimes against humanity, and uh, war crimes. Uh, genocide uh, specifically applicable to the to Rakhine state and crimes against humanity to all these uh, three states, including uh, war crimes. Genocide is quite a serious accusation. Can you explain how you came to that conclusion? Uh, well, we went out, of course, from uh, a meticulous uh, uh, fact-finding exercise. Uh, we, the, our principle was just to be led by the facts until we uh, come to a uh, considered conclusion. And uh, then based on the UN principle of uh, reasonable grounds, uh, to conclude then that uh, all these three uh, grave crimes uh, did took place. Now, having said that, of course, uh, this is uh, clearly a matter to be undertaken by a judicial mechanism. We are not a judicial me- mechanism. We are a fact-finding uh, entity. But we were tasked and mandated by the Human Rights Council to lay down the path towards an eventual accountability process. And so that was exactly what we were uh, were able to do. And uh, these findings have been corroborated uh, again and again against uh, other facts. And we uh, are now, uh, we feel uh, completely justified in uh, recommending that a number of alleged perpetrators uh, warrant being uh, looked into, being investigated into, and eventually being prosecuted by a court of law to determine their uh, guilt or innocence. Uh, the facts uh, have been overwhelming uh, in the sense that all elements for genocide have been met, uh, except for perhaps in this case the point on uh, the displacement of children uh, into uh, other families. But all the others, uh, the one that has to do with protection of uh, minorities, which is explicitly laid out in the Geneva Convention on on Genocide. We have the destruction uh, of a of the group of the protected group, uh, partially or uh, wholly, and we have elements of uh, intent. Uh, the element of intent uh, is based on. Uh, the definition uh, within the convention, but also uh, an involving uh, understanding of genocide, uh, which is uh, which rests on uh, precedent and uh, 
jurisprudence of previous tribunals, uh, primarily the Yugoslav and the Rwanda tribunals, uh, which uh, allows that intent uh, be able to be inferred from actions on the ground. Uh, so events and actions on the ground can be traced back to uh, the existence or, or the, the presence of genocidal uh, intent. So all these elements are there. And therefore, on the basis of, of these uh, findings, we have now we are now uh, recommending that uh, six uh, names have been identified as being those most responsible for these actions, uh, which took place in August uh, mm -hmm. 2017 of last year. The fact-finding mission was, of course, denied access into Myanmar by the government. How did this impact your work? And are you confident you have collected all of the necessary information? Uh, the mission was clearly uh, denied access uh, to the uh, country, uh, and therefore we had to work around the country uh, in within the so-called impacted uh, countries. Uh, in this case, uh, Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, and Bangladesh primarily. Now, the United Nations has uh, started uh, doing these uh, fact-finding commission of inquiries and all that, uh, going back to 30 years to 40 years. Uh, in the process, uh, norms have been uh, distilled from experience, and the fact that a mission is denied access to a country uh, is not an exception. It is a, a, a case that falls under uh, the uh, guidelines uh, and in the case of uh, a mission being denied, there are certain uh, norms and operational techniques that would be followed uh, to allow the, the report uh, to be produced uh, on the basis of a credible process of uh, fact-finding. Now, uh, what we did, of course, was meet and to uh, interview a number of uh, witnesses and collect testimonies, which amount to uh, 875 uh, testimonies and uh, interviews. And these are those people uh, who would uh, have been met by the Fact-Finding Commission had we been given access to the country. The, it is these very people that have been pushed out by the country, by the government, that we met in Corpus Bazaar. And therefore, uh, we have been given, uh, ironically, uh, direct access to the, to the primary sources, uh, which uh, are the, the victims that have been driven out by the country, and the, the same people that we would have been uh, interviewing had we been given access early to the uh, country. So uh, there is no question at all on the credibility of the report, and therefore uh, it's, it's not an argument. Uh, against the report that uh, the Myanmar government may put uh, doubts or skepticism on the credibility of the report uh, because we were denied uh, access. In fact, it's a, a, a disingenuous uh, argument. They denied us access, and now they're telling us that the report is not credible. So uh, that's where that's uh, where we stand at, at on this point. What do you make of the government's comments that rejected the report? Is that a concern? Uh, no, because. Uh, we are getting a continuing, continuing stream of, of statements from various governments uh, supporting the findings of the fact-finding mission. But then uh, this is 
initial the, an initial report has uh, been uh, launched uh, on Monday, last Monday. The full report will be around 400 pages to be submitted on the 18th of September uh, at the Human Rights Council. Uh, now, uh, the uh, support that has been given to the report uh, speaks for itself. And uh, in, in that, uh, the overwhelming number of countries and governments put great credence on the credibility of the report. Mm-hmm. In that sense, the government is uh, the government of Myanmar may be an outlier in this in, in this uh, matter. In your report, you said that the arson attacks were foreseeable and planned. Could you elaborate on how you came to that conclusion? We came to that conclusion because, uh, for one, yes, we acknowledge in the report that uh, the ASA were also complicit in in war crimes, specifically. What happened on in August 2017 was that a uh, an, an assault by a, a handful of members of the community of uh, the Rohingya communities took on and attacked uh, a number of uh, posts of the uh, border guard uh, police. Uh, now, what happened uh, subsequently was an was a massive uh, retaliatory action on the part of the Myanmar government, which uh, totally supersedes or crosses the boundary of uh, proportionality in responding to this uh, such a kind of uh, action. And uh, the fact that they were able to mount such a massive uh, attack on the community at a, a very short period uh, indicated that uh, this was a uh, an action that was anticipated, and that therefore uh, there were preparations, long preparations uh, in in getting the forces uh, on the ground to uh, ward the the community, the Rohingya community, towards uh, the uh, Bangladesh border, and to finally push them out from the from uh, Myanmar. The speed, the massive. At the scale of uh, retaliatory actions, which were totally disproportionate to the uh, to the action of the uh, ARSA, uh, which indicates that there was uh, meticulous preparation and uh, readiness of the Myanmar, the Tatmadaw uh, armed forces, in uh, anticipating or in uh, forecasting that this would. Uh, take place on August uh, in 2017. Report also said that Myanmar failing to act on this issue could destroy the democratic reform process. What did you mean by that? We are doing this, we are undertaking this uh, fact-finding mission with a view, of course, that uh, that uh, a solution needs to be to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, found on or to to rectify and to uh, correct this this uh, situation. And therefore, uh, it is with the best of intentions that uh, we are uh, undertaking this fact-finding mission. <clears throat> and uh, therefore, we do recognize that a democratic or democratization process is underway since 2012 when the NLD that, uh, won the, the elections uh, overwhelmingly. But the August 2017 uh, events have completely set back this democratization process. 
and therefore uh, we recognize that the the situation is grim. is, is grim. Uh, we've we've uh, pictured a very dismal picture, but at the same time we recognize that there is still hope for a resolution to uh, address the situation. Uh, so it's a balanced approach which takes into account the what is this, the failures uh, or the uh, shortcomings of a, the, the democratizing process uh, and, and at the same time taking to uh, or taking on board that uh, there is the beginnings of a change uh, dimension of a change process within the country and that that is uh, welcome but uh, we make we make it very clear and uh, we are pains in pointing out that uh, the Tatmadaw, the armed forces uh, who have been controlling the country and, and running the government, in fact, uh, are the most responsible for uh, what uh, took place. Your report called for a relevant strategy from the European Union ASEAN. What might this strategy entail? Uh, this is a long-term matter that needs to be resolved. It can't be just undertaken uh, overnight. And therefore, there has to be an institutional context to uh, to be able to sustain a long-term uh, processes of of uh, restoring normalcy into the country, building on uh, what could then lead to to substantive developmental uh, processes in the future. But at the same time, taking into account the fundamental need for to address impunity in the country, uh, because that is a key uh, that leads up to the recognition and effectiveness of the implementation of the rule of law for democracy to be able to uh, flourish in that country. And so both the European Union and the ASEAN could serve as the institutional context for a forward-looking strategy to uh, address the, the matter that took place in terms of the legalities of, of determining uh, culpability of those responsible for these actions, but at the same time, uh, taking into account also that uh, we will have to move on uh, and uh, address the interest of the whole nation uh, in uh, in moving forward and in uh, integrating it into the international community. This edition of Third Time was produced by Zani and Oliver Slow. Thank you for listening.